MFs, welcome back. It's been like three weeks, way too long, way too long. Pledge from me, let's never ever do this again. I miss my family, my podcasting family. I miss our fans. I, uh, I am so glad that we are back today. The world looks pretty much the same as it did the last time we were here. Dumbfuck is still in charge, but hopefully not for much longer. There really isn't shit else going on in the world. I really don't have a lot else to talk about today. I like to ramble, but uh, I don't believe there's any sports being played. I don't think we've missed anything in the in the few weeks that we've been gone. Am, am I right, Dallas? Have I missed anything? I think you might have. Yep. Check with Kyle. He might be able to help you. With yeah. That. No, I don't think so. I don't. I don't think so. I, I think that uh, Kyle. It, I mean, am I right? Am I wrong? Did Did we miss anything? We are the new 2020 champions. The Lakers are back. We did it for Kobe. We did it for Laker Nation. We did it for the West Coast, not the East Coast. Did that actually and, uh, happen? I feel like that whole thing like took place in a dream or something. Like it was bubblelicious. It, it, it was definitely bubblelicious. Twenty twenty uh, asterisk. No, you can't. Champ- world champions, this was, right? This was, this, was, this was probably the most grueling championship ever because one, you were you were in a bubble. You couldn't have friends and family. You, you know, fucking kidding me? You were pretty much, you know. <laughs> No, the, no, I'm calling bullshit straight you, you, you out. Were, you no were fucking way. You were coronating. grueling? Grueling. Yes. Because, again, you had, you could not, it was, they were on tour, but didn't go anywhere. <laughs> they were on tour. Isn't that the opposite anywhere. of no. grueling? You you called it bubblicious. Yeah, because you were in a bubble, and you couldn't have any licious. Your wife could come through. You no, know, that's all black. you had was licious. There no, was no, no travel. You, you saw my man, there you were saw my, no distractions. You could it was not just, go. You, remember, remember, my man got thrown out of the bubble because he had some licious with one of the um, people who did the swabs. You know, wore him out, got him. Thrown I don't out. think so. And he was, already, and she was already so. pure. Call so, him I mean, bullshit. No, no, no. You, no. So no be, sports. So we agree then. No sports. No, we have sports. Um, <laughs> now today, you know, Dodgers got wore out, I believe, yesterday in the game two of the World Series. So this West Coast is real right now. The West. I actually, I, I was going to give you a shout out. I don't know about that. I was going to give you a shout out for you Dodgers. I, I'm, I'm my, my man Mookie Betts has definitely helped your team. I'm definitely happy for, uh, my former neighbor Joe Kelly hasn't played a huge role, but good to see him in uh, in Dodger blue. And uh, Clayton Kershaw, long time coming for him. He's kind of fallen apart in the postseason in the past. Not game He's one. He's been one of them regular season champion. You talk about the current, not the past. Well, I'm saying I'm I'm, I'm giving him a little shout out, a little love. I am a fan. I give you that one. I did want to. Uh, you know, bust your balls a little bit about your your Lakers, but you can't I bust mean, them when they got the they they are the champions. They're holding it. You know, Miami ran out. They tapped out. You know, with the asterisk. Got my, it. My, my man, he he tried to drag it. He tried to come back. His plantar fasciitis did nothing for him. He was shooting terrible. But I give it to him. He was like, look, this is 
my last hurrah probably. I, who knows if I ever get back here? Let me get out here and do something. And did nothing. But he put his <laughs> he left it on the wood. He played his heart out. Jimmy Butler, you can't you gotta tip your hat off to him. He played 47 minutes in that in game four. He had nothing left in the tank. I, mean, I, I slept on Jimmy Butler up till the last couple of seasons, too. I'll be honest. Like, he was always solid. I never saw him becoming one of the top three players in the entire NBA. And he put that Heat team on his back, and he dragged them all the way to the finals. I give him big people props. People slept on that. him in Chicago. He was a beast in Chicago. No doubt. They, they were sleeping on him. You know, Dwight Howard, the silent, the silent killer. He came through and stop, did his thing. stop. Stop. Know. We still got beef about Dwight Howard. Played play his role as a role player. As a role player, <laughs> he was balling. Nobody said he was a starter. He blah, but in blah, position blah. he had to play. He did his thing. Largest fucking baby in the entire world. Yes. Not Dwight this Howard. time around. Got Not it. this time around. He was fucking three hundred pound, six foot eleven, you know, with the finger roll because he doesn't know how to dunk. I'm just saying. What? <laughs> Okay. I'm you know that's true. That you one. know that's, that's true. true. I have to mute myself <laughs> on that one. Oh, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. Chris Lee, Brother Banks. Hello. It's good to see you, my friends. It's good to be It's good seen. to see that breakfast cocktail. Oh, it's happening. I do think that for future, all of us are going to have to have cocktails just because, you know, I'm seeing Banks drinking and I'm feeling a little parched right about now. You should have a, a beverage. I don't know why it's much later where you are right now, so it's kind of frowned upon where I'm at. Look at look at that. So you should have one. I I, I think I, I agree. One. If I disappear for five minutes in the middle of this today, it might be to pour myself a cocktail. Nobody's I, judging. I, Nobody's judging. Nobody. I bought some Tito's last night too, so you should be happy about that. Can you pour nice, me one? I yeah, I can I can disappear for a minute and pour you one. <laughs> We can work it out to try to pass through these airwaves. <laughs> Got it. I mean, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, well, yeah, sure. so in the time away, I do want to acknowledge none of us had the COVID. No. We weren't gone because of any issues like that. Lungs are clear. Uh, Cough free. I, I, I actually heard from a lot of people asking, you know, is everything okay? <laughs> you know, when are you guys coming back? So I just want to reassure our listeners, we are here. We got a full slate for the next few weeks. We are going to be doing this. I think we are going to be doing once weekly and not twice weekly for the near term, as we also have some private engagement bookings, which I'm very proud to speak of. Ooh. And, uh, very excited for that. Look forward to speaking on a couple of college campuses with my podcasting co-hosts. Virtual uh, campuses. Virtual campuses. You know, the campuses are hot. That, the campuses are hot. You know, phase two, phase two, here we come. We'll be doing it. We are excited. We are excited. And uh, I mean, what more is there to say? I, I will say this, okay? Today we are recording on October 22nd. The election is on November 3rd, which means we are right now 12 days away. From Christmas. Now, everybody's talking about Biden's got this one. I'm not buying it. I don't believe it. I'm not going to believe it until it's a fucking landslide. So I want to remind everybody out there, don't forget to vote. Please 
Don't sleep. Don't think we got this one. Hillary thought she had this one too. It was 10 days out, actually 11, October 28, that the Comey memo about Hillary's emails dropped. October 28, prior to the November 8 election in 2016. And shit flipped upside down. Republicans ran away with it. Popular voter no. Hillary has not been the president for the last four years, in spite of what Trump says at these fucking rallies that he keeps keeps doing. And, uh, I mean, faded glory is all it is for Trump at this point, in my opinion. I hope he goes away quietly, but I don't think that is going to happen. So I just want everybody out there to stay vigilant, to vote. Dallas, have you voted yet? You know, I haven't, but I'm planning on going this week. Banks? No, I haven't even gotten my ballot yet. What? Yeah, I've gotten everything else. I've gotten my location of where my polling places is. I've gotten my uh, look out for your ballot from the postal. I've gotten all the stuff, but I still haven't gotten my ballot yet. I'm in the I same boat. Can you? The, I went on the website to check to make sure I'm registered. Of course I'm registered, voted, all that. I've checked everything. But you Nothing. can't get a, lo- a ballot at the polling place and just fill it out there? I'm sure I can't. I, I still haven't got any information to show anything yet. Like, nothing. Usually the polling place is right across the street from my house. Like, it's a park. But I haven't gotten anything, so. Well, we know there's some serious fuckery going on right now. I mean, there's no question that there's shenanigans going on behind the scenes. And Dear Leader is definitely doing everything he can to suppress the vote. I was talking to uh, an associate named Jacob. Emily, you know who I'm talking about. I haven't even introduced you yet. I will in just a couple of minutes, but you know who I'm talking about. It was actually the day that we were in LA for that show a couple of weeks ago. He tells me he got a voicemail, very cryptic, vote for Trump or else. Seriously, vote for Trump. And then we're hearing now about there's this whole email campaign going on People are getting emails that say, vote for Trump or else. And some are saying it's some Proud Boys shit. But then I saw something that it was like some Islamic group that was that was trying. I don't even know what the fuck is going on with that shit anymore. All I know is there's some fucking bullshit going on and we all just need to be aware of it. We need to get to the polls and we need to cast our ballots, and we need to vote. Nice and while without the range. Nice and while without the range. <laughs> Fuck you, say? <laughs> I said nice and while without the range. Kyle's ready to go to war. I mean, I, ho- I hope it don't come to that, but uh, if it does, I'm, I guess I I'm, glad that, uh, I'm glad that... I'm glad... won't miss. <laughs> God, Jesus. <laughs> Man, I'm hit just going to move away from that Hit you in the one. 10 with the 4-5. <laughs> anyway. I might anyway. even double tap you just to make sure you felt it twice. Wow. A little double tap. It's <laughs> a pro-gun playing RA uh, <laughs> conversation now. We are, yeah, we... I, I'm, I'm just going to move along. I'm just going to keep it going. I, I, don't, I don't even know how I feel about any of this. We've had wow. these, these arguments about gun rights, and 
Look, you know, and again, I'm a brand new gun owner. I'm I'm I, new, hey, I'm new as of March. I am glad to know that you are. Miss. I am glad to know that you are preparing yourself. I'm I'm glad to hear you are going to the range. That you are actually learning how to use your weapon. I still believe <laughs> the presence of a weapon increases the likelihood of someone actually getting shot and killed. The absence of a weapon reduces the likelihood of somebody actually getting shot and killed. So well, the presence of a weapon, if you walk into my house, <laughs> means you get woe out. Anyway, moving on to music news. <laughs> Favorite segue there. Uh, I mean, shit's still not happening. Didn't you we see are, about the flaming lips and the bubbles? I, I, so what good. is that now? You know, the bubbles in Oklahoma. That's, that's took, their thing. Well, that's their, it's their stage design. You didn't see that? It's the only I mean, thing that's happening. It must have been miserable. Uh, it's hot. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know where to go with all this shit. Like, we're Her seeing Matt, the driving the concerts. was cool. He was good. Yeah. Ask the Lakers. Ask the Lakers what it's <laughs> right, like see, to be in the Lakers, like, And that bubble issue, you said it's nothing. You said it's easy. You said it's, it's, it's a walk in the park. Concert bubbles. Right. But there were no fans at the Laker games. I know they were virtual, virtual fans. It was virtual. terrible. That virtual fan look was on terrible. screen at one of the games. Anybody yes. else see this? I saw that. But I don't think that that's the future. I hope that that's not the future. It's not. It can be. It, it, was, so, it was disconnected, connected. No, California. We just had a, um, a ruling from our great governor that now uh, sports teams can have audiences up to something. I forgot what the percentage was. And they're going to create these pods, like your family pods. Oh, I get to go to my, yeah, you can, in my yeah, seat. Yeah you, can, yeah, you can go sit in your seat. I they mean, just, it's not unlike what the NFL has been doing all along so far, right? I mean, the yeah, NFL. In ver- we haven't had any audiences. I mean, Kansas I mean, City. Some states are, some states. Exactly. What I'm saying. 25,000. California I mean, is 20%. 20%. 20%? There it 20% is. 20% for California. The one actual show I saw in terms of live event with audience that got announced on Polestar this week was 3-6 Mafia going to be performing at Rupp Arena in Kentucky on December 11th, 15% capacity. What? Venue is regulated 21,017 is official. It's already sold out. They're going to put 3,150 tickets on sale. Oh, God. Did you, are you saying you've already heard it sold out, Dallas? I was just making the joke. I, I know nothing about this. <laughs> but Kentucky, Rump Arena? <laughs> I mean, it's on University and of Kentucky Mafia? campus. Who gives a fuck about 3-6 Mafia? It all sounds like a <laughs> raging good time. <laughs> going to be a good show. I bet it sells out. It, it will. Sells. I bet because nobody has shit else to do. I think people are scared to go anywhere, especially <laughs> in Kentucky. Kentucky. 3-6 Mafia? But I wouldn't go out anywhere. Kentucky, those motherfuckers, they, they elect no fucking Mitch McConnell. Like, those fucking idiots go out without masks all the time. Like, I, no disrespect to our Kentucky fans. But... <laughs> Rihanna Taylor. Exactly. It's be real. It's going to be real. Anyway... One of our more chaotic reopenings. 
Um, <laughs> shit. Uh, I, I, I do want to ask my co-hosts here, and Kyle and Chris in particular. So Live Nation has been taking some serious steps towards expanding their diversity. And Sean G has led the way on this Black Tour directory. I don't know if either of you have seen it. I flipped through it, and neither of you two are in there. What the fuck? My information was presented. Yeah. I think that's some serious bullshit. Well, well, I presented the information, and it was was presented twice. One by me, one by another gentleman. So, I I, I I mean, I... And again, I don't give two fucks anyway. Not none of them have ever got me a gig from day one. So I do my own press. I do my own self. You know, uh, uh, I do my own. I'm tired right now. Do your own bookings. Yeah, I book my own shit. Yeah. I promote myself. You know, here's here's agent. my question though. <laughs> like we had Bill and Casey from Roadies of Color on here a few weeks yeah. ago, and. <laughs> One of their major initiatives was creating this master directory. But like, that's not the same one. That's a different one. Well, that's what I'm asking. Like, does this step on their toes? Does this, yeah. like, take anything away from them? Is this beneficial okay. to their process? So I, haven't seen, I ha- so I haven't seen that particular one that you're talking about from Sean G. How many people were in there, roughly, of uh, engineers that you know? I mean, of? what yeah. I saw, very few. Honestly, it was a, it, it was like a, it was like what, you know, you would put together in a couple of days to say that you were you were starting something, but it wasn't a complete directory. I assume it's a you know a work in progress. I assume it will be you know a, a document that evolves over time because the idea being as more and more people come into the industry and more of them are qualified and you know reach a certain level that they should get their opportunity and they should be included, but. I mean, when I'm looking at two veterans right now who are not there, it definitely begs questions. And you can't say we're hard to find. I mean, I mean, Chris was nominated for a Parnelli Award. I won a Parnelli Award. Hell, if nothing else, we should definitely have been on the forefront of that shit just because of what we've what we've accomplished. You know, so have a bunch of random names. You know, again, it's just to say we did it. They don't ain't no putting no no uh, real. Uh, effort to try to figure stuff out it's not hard to find us we know everybody yeah and i honestly think it was there's there's definitely a breakdown in the chain because keith mcphee was one of the people that was reaching out to engineers directly and trying to gather names and create his own database to send to this and i know he gathered credible people people who were actually working and got their information and sent it all in so well, Keith was in there. I did yeah. see Keith in there. Yeah. And but again, it w- it was a small list, and uh, I I just I I hope to see it expanded. I look forward it to. It sounds seeing, good uh, on paper. <laughs> there are twenty two production managers listed. That's it. <laughs> I can tell you on one hip hop festival, seven times that number. <laughs> so yeah. seriously, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, you heard her voice. It's about time we bring her in. (laughs) Again, kind of a haphazard intro today. I apologize. I don't apologize. Fuck it. I am glad to be back with my podcasting family. I look forward to doing this more. I love that we're actually using 
Google Meet now so we can be looking at each other. I do think that uh, tech support, if you can hear me, maybe we really should start actually recording these and no. uh, putting this out. Yes. No, I, 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 I see Dallas saying no. Behind the scenes. Yeah. I, I can appreciate that our guests might not. I mean, look. I'm the one nobody needs to look at. And I'm the one saying that uh, oh, you paparazzi. See yeah, thank you, Sam. No. You no, know, Sam. live stream it. <laughs> live stream. Shit, I do. I, I mean, anywho. So our guest today is no stranger to any of us here. And she's probably no stranger to a lot of our listeners. She is a native Australian, although... I know at least one person who might dispute that. Uh, she got God her start. <laughs> Picking fights already. Got her start at Future Music Festival in, I believe, in Sydney. It's in Sydney, right? Uh, she spent about six years there touring Australia, New Zealand, Asia. She was the national touring coordinator and head of artist relations working with the likes of the Stone Roses, the Prodigy, and Drake. She has since moved to Los Angeles, California, where she is the director of event, produ event production at BWG Live. She's also the director of operations at WYH. We will talk about all of these initials and more as the program proceeds today. She is a total badass. She is uh, much, much like her associate, who we had on the, pro on the program once before, Meg Dieter, fellow badass, much like our very own Christine Dallas. Always important to highlight the amazing badass women in this business. For other young women coming up, they need to see strong women in these positions of leadership for them to have a chance to earn those jobs in the future. We hope that she is doing her part in bringing other women along. We know that she is because we've all been to the festivals that she runs and there are any number of strong women coming up working behind the scenes on them. Uh, among those festivals, she is the festival director at Something in the Water was i definitely want to hear if that is going to happen this year she just said was what? i don't know what that means so perhaps she can tell us her name emily may ockenden welcome to the program hi guys <laughs> what do you mean was uh we uh we no longer work with something in the water um live nation handles it entirely so uh, I, oh. I, I do know the production team on it and they are incredible. Uh, no, no bad blood or anything there is more, uh, it started as a, as a three company event in its, in its formation and live nation does it wholly now. So from what I understand, they will be back next year. Their lineup this year was incredible, but Ooh. I, I am not part of it. They do well, have a very strong female like, on it, though. They have another very strong female. So, well, I'm glad to hear that. I am. Yeah. I'm. I'm. I'm sorry to hear you won't be there. I don't know if I'm going to be there. I, I was going to be there this past April. Mm -hmm. Didn't happen, yes. obviously. We will see what comes with this next. Uh, but everybody uh, was going to be there. That is a loss to them. <laughs> I am sure. It's of a it. very fun event. Very. It's, oh. it's on. It's on my birthday. So that first oh. one. That first one was a riot. <laughs> 
Oh, oh yeah. The, the, yeah. The, literally. The, yeah, literally. literally. We, did, we didn't Chris, tell us about that. What are you saying, Chris? What, it was what's wet. this agreement? Tell it us. Was it, was wet. Wet. it was wet. Remember the first day got rained out? It was chaotic. It was crazy. Yeah, it was. I do remember that, actually. Yeah. I remember having a bitch of a tr- time trying to get artists in mm. because airports, the Norfolk Airport, were shut down there. And we were trying to fly people to Richmond. And we were we had people that were taking a flight to D.C. and then getting picked up by a car service. Or one person, I think, took a train out of New York. Like from D.C. Yeah. Like, shit was fucked up. Yeah. Yeah, our artist transportation had a hell of a time that day. (laughs) As long as you didn't have to stay at the hotel I had to stay in, you should be happy. Where did you stay? Yeah, where were you? We were in this lovely hotel that was on the strip. <laughs> I don't think in the entire tour we spend that much money on a hotel room per night. Honestly, you had to wear your sh- socks when you Whoa. took a shower. It was scary. Well, correct me if I'm wrong, but the biggest problem with that festival, or one of the biggest problems, was the lack of hotel rooms in correct. the market, yes. which was a, I mean, because I remember we started trying to get our rooms early yeah. for the act that I was coming in with. And we were only able to get a handful of them. And we ended up getting, you know, a suite and a few rooms at one place and then a few more rooms at another place. And then we had like a fucking, uh, what do you call it? Like when you stay in a house. An Airbnb. I ended up staying in an Airbnb. It was the first and I hope the only fucking time I stayed in an Airbnb for a festival. Because it was fucked up. It was definitely not good. There was a like a convention, like a Christian convention or something. No, it was like a fraternal sorority weekend. Yes, the Daisy thing. Because that's a big thing in in no. in that uh, that area. You're right. <laughs> yeah, but there exactly. Was, it was like their spring. There break. was also like some type of like convention happening, like some Mormon Ye- convention happening. Right? Am I wrong, Emily? You're not wrong. On yeah, there were there wrong. were Mormons in our hotel, like full yeah, that on was, like that was the Mormons. Friday night. Yeah, we, exactly, yeah. exactly. We actually split the convention mm-hmm. center in half and something in the water got part of it. And then the female religious group had a three-day convention on the other side of the convention center. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right? Well, there was, right? There, there, well. was a, there was a lot going on in town. And you're right, Christine, there was not a lot of hotel accommodation to hold people on a normal I didn't day. even know about this female Mormon convention yes. thing. That's yeah. uh, it was so a crazy. Thing. Were you there with them, Chris? No. <laughs> Come on now. How is your wig? Because no. we know I'm, I'm Chris is the production manager to God. I don't know if you knew that, Emily. We've had this conversation a couple of times. Chris wow, is this is some shit like my resume doesn't hold a candle to Chris because Chris has God as a fucking client on his resume. <laughs> Kyle, back me up. The Luya. There's full Luya. There it is. You can't play with him. I don't know if those words can go together. <laughs> Yeah. Which ones? Well, God see, one of his a fucking client. Well, here's the thing: his ch- one of God's childs coined that word, so it works all together. Oh, exactly. Emily looks confused. Emily, yeah, I'm trying to piece this together. I'm like, you like Morgan Freeman because he's always the voice of God. Or... <laughs> oh no 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 no! Oh oh no no! He's talking about actual God. Actual God, right. Okay. The, the I think Kyle was talking about me. 
Uh, <laughs> no, he was. Oh, 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 the 11th commandment. Oh, thou shalt that, not quail audio. Oh. No, thou, sh- no, thou, fucking, thou shalt. <laughs> what is he? Ta- where are these texts coming from? In, the, keep in, fl- the, in the chat. Sam is what our... chat Chris, am I missing? Chris, are you not seeing the chat? Well, Chris, I, I'm all, seeing Chris these like bubbles pop up and then disappear. Up in the top Some right creepy hand shit. corner, there's a chat button and it will open your chat section. Chat yeah, with see, everyone. I was trying to configure There it is. That's some creepy Wait, what shit. What did you just do? We lost. I lost Emily. I did too. Oh, she, also, she, there she also, is. She the chat, the, tiles. No, the chat. Now you're muted. The ch- the chat also kicked me out. Oh. <laughs> All right, stop fucking with the chat. <laughs> Good grief. <laughs> I was like, oh. It's crazy. I have. I've moved. No, Wait. she's in the same oh, spot. Oh, oh. It's all right, Matt, you, Matt. You're still in the center. I mute yourself. I'm in, in the, the center. I got Chris in the center. I mute your Christine. I mute yourself in Zencaster. Hollywood Squares. Christine is, is muted in Zencaster now. That's what it says. She is. But I'm supposed to be. No. No. No, because you're talking. God, I hope oh, you haven't been muted the whole time. No. <laughs> That'd be some shit. <laughs> Dallas gonna have to go back in. Little Venetian Aquatic Club. Ugh. Filling oh, in back. some. You're back now. <laughs> oh, I unclicked her. Okay. That's what it was. It was him. Ah, uh, you did it, Matt. No, no, no. I unmuted her. Oh. I did not mute her in the first place. I don't even have the Zencaster screen up because I don't oh. want to touch it while we're yeah. recording. It's better to just. Leave it alone. Yeah, yeah. Use your Google. And we're giving away all our behind-the-scenes secrets now. Yeah. Everybody's like, what the fuck are these people talking about? I don't know either. I'm sorry. I just saw it, and I was like, wait a minute. You're talking, and you're muted. Hold on. I'm, I'm glad you saw it. I hope she hasn't been muted the whole damn time. She's lip-syncing. Sam. Sam, we're definitely deleting this section. Sam says we're definitely deleting. Sam, stop fucking texting us. So we're not good. deleting. This is all. This is this is us. Okay. This is how we do. I the one who edits this bitch, so it's gonna stay in. Exactly. I don't know. This is the gold right there. This we're is who so we are. Savvy. Oh, I'm not. I am the least tech savvy person I know. That is true. That's why I have Sam. Anyway, Waiting for moving Sam on. So, Emily, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. We're usually much more succinct in terms of, like, let's get into this, tell us about yourself, blah, blah, blah. I guess this whole new format with us looking at each other just lends itself to a little more tomfoolery. Agreed. (laughs) Sam. (laughs) Really not. Are you kidding me? (laughs) Sam from the sidelines. Sideline Sam in the building. So we were talking about this festival that had this exciting year last year that happened to coincide with a major hurricane. Moisture in the water. Well, that was two years ago because last year it didn't even happen. You called it moisture in the water. We called it drowning in the water. (laughs) When I say last year, I mean 2019. Actually, so that was last year. It was 2019. It was last year. Yeah, exactly. It didn't happen this year. Okay, right. right. So this year didn't happen. But it was ironic. The name lent to some heavy, interesting. Yeah, it was definitely something in the water. I mean, yes. Yes. Yeah. Something in the water, something in the air, something everywhere. 
But we survived it. Just mostly. Barely. Rona there, there's, in the water there. There was a moment. Honest. I remember one. Well, I'll stay out of that. But that was interesting. I had an interesting moment. There were a lot that. of moments at that one. There were there, a lot of moments. I were I, I, I now actually. Here's the important moment that I remember, Emily. So there was this Sony thing going on backstage where they were bringing everybody in Dallas. You and I went into this thing together, right? Mm -hmm. And they Mm -hmm. were having everybody take on this whole audio experience, surround, yada, yada, bullshit. And then you get a pair of headphones. Except we didn't get them. And they said, we're sending them to you. And they never sent them. Those motherfuckers. Wow. Nothing. And that was Sony, right? That was Sony. It was, was Sony. Sony activation. Yeah, I, I know. So Emily, I know. I know the box you're talking about. I watched them build it. The headphones so we're, were on site. We're counting on you to actually get them for us. Still, okay? <laughs> okay, I got you. I got you. All right. Uh, let me go back through my emails. <laughs> now, fact, that now that I've why don't you get one out. for all of us and get an extra pair for yourself? Thanks. I like my bows. Sorry, Sony. It's funny, I actually just replaced my Bose with a new set of Sony because Sony got like best noise canceling and best audio. And when they're working, they're amazing. Like the noise canceling is unparalleled. It is better than Bose by a mile. However, they cut in and out. They don't work as well. They are not as consistent. It does piss me off. Can't, can't be and you can't have them on as many devices, which is why I'm using AirPods instead of them today, because I can only have them set up on so many devices, That's which is fascinating. Weird. Let's go back to Emily. Let's talk about Emily. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> so, Emily, um, when Matt describes what you do, how would you describe <laughs> what you do? Oof. Uh, there it is. What do I what I do? What I do now? now yeah, in a now. nutshell, like you because you've been at it for what? How many years would you say overall? Oh, 34 minus 18, 15, 16 years. Yeah, there you go. 15, 16 years. Yeah, and you've done it in several countries. And now you're here in the States. And I think, obviously, why do we come here? Because there are more shows theoretically coming out of here than anywhere else. Um, But obviously, as we all know, there are a few females in the business. And there are a few that do particularly what you do. And I think that's interesting. So why don't, if you could, like, share what your job involves, not just mm-hmm. um, like, you know, obviously the heavy equipment that it could involve and some of the aesthetics as well as the pragmatic parts. Sure. Um, Matt kind of reeled off my synopsis of my, my life in the industry. I definitely started in the artist world in Australia and I kind of got pigeonholed in that. I had an incredible mentor of a production manager in Australia shout out Martin Rudder, who taught me a lot about production and that's what I wanted to move into. So I ran away and joined the circus over here. Uh, I worked, working at Future was super helpful because we were a very small company handling a lot of different events, a lot of different tours. And in Australia, we tour our music festivals, unlike in America where you have them once or one location over, over two weekends. So we would build the same festival on different scales in seven states in Australia, in New Zealand, and in Asia. And then everyone would jump on planes from all over the world, come down and kind of party with us for three weeks across all these events, Um, which meant that I got insight into all aspects of the event, from the artist side to designing the stages, 
to contracting the artists to generally how the budget works because I was the touring coordinator. My hands were on everything. So that as I've grown in the industry and as I moved over here has meant that I've worked my way up to now not being the coordinator. I'm now on a lot of projects, the festival director, which is far less glamorous than people think and means I don't really spend time with artists at all. I spend majority of my time playing with numbers uh, and trying to make sure that however the, much the promoter's putting in on the money side, we're not spending all of it so they can make something on the back end when they sell the tickets. Um, I do get to spend a lot of time kind of in the build-up to the festival designing the overall aesthetic of the event. We have to involve all the safety and security elements as well as kind of what people are looking for from production to design the entire show. Um, and that, I guess along with all my incredible department heads that work alongside me is my job is to take someone's idea, whether it's a, a single buzzword, an artist that they love that they want to build the show around, or whether it's a reoccurring event that's been happening for a long time and they've just moved festival directors or, or partner companies to a different production company. My job is to come in and make sure every one of those elements that design the artist lineup and the budget all work effectively to produce a great show that makes money at the end, but the crowd also loves. So Emily, I got two related questions for you actually, in terms of the differences between the Australasia world and the, you know, the U S market. First of all, I mean, just a simple, can you give us a simple compare and contrast what makes it different? And and then second of all, in terms of this touring festival model that you re refer to, I, I mean, every artist I've ever sent down there, I mean, for, they fucking love it. Um, why isn't that done in the U.S.? That's a good question. Uh, contrast comparison, we will never have I say we will never have. I haven't lived there in six and a half years now. And from what I've seen, what I had seen happening in festivals in Australia until the entire industry fell apart <laughs> a couple of years ago was production was heading to, to be towards kind of the level we have here. One of my major reasons for leaving was you do the same venues and the same stage build on the same sites on every show year in, year out. And, it, it it wasn't really growing or expanding. So I wanted to see better pyrotechnics and I wanted lighting and video rigs that were cybertronic and we don't have that in Australia. So I moved here because shows here are consistent and the acts are here permanently and there's hundreds and hundreds of festivals for enough production vendors to kind of make their money off. So designers keep designing bigger and better and the budgets work that the production can be bigger versus how much people are having to spend like to to produce the production that the big headliners wanted to bring to Australia just got too much like it was nearing impossible levels to bring a headliner with their production and make the ticket cost anything less than like 300 350 dollars per show which in Australia, comparatively, had never been seen before. So it was kind of ruining the market. Um, that's why I moved, and that's probably the biggest difference between the two, is that we're ever-evolving and ever-expanding here, where there really is kind of a ceiling in Australia for how much, where you can go before it becomes too expensive. 
um, do you associate that? Sorry to interrupt you, but do you associate that with the cost of like the basic cost of staffing is far greater there than it is in the U S I mean, you get hit here for percentages that might go to like IAs and stuff, but in reality, the person may not get that amount, but I do think in Australia, it's a higher, you know, average wage that could affect the top, you know, the bottom line. I mean, I definitely think, I think it's, I think there's a lot of, there were a lot of different kind of budget line items that started to affect the Australian market. There's, there's the fact that as soon as an artist is on their second round tour into Australia, they want a 25% higher payment than the first time they toured. And when you're looking at, say, some of the headliners we were touring on Future Music, Drake, Avicii, Hardwell, they're million-dollar artists um, to bring them to Australia, like almost hitting a million dollars per show. And if they're doing 18 shows, whilst the headline shows might be on a versus deal and, and they're recouping money when it comes to the festival, you can't you can't do a... The only way you can pay an artist on a music festival is a flat deal. And so the crowd doesn't want to see the same artists. They want new artists coming through and the artists become more and more expensive when they're coming through on their second time. The lineup starts costing 20, 25, 26 million dollars to tour 13 festivals. Um, And then you've got how much our staff wages cost and then you've got the fact that these artists are coming from American production and they want to bring their American production with them. So we were starting to have to six months out put stages on boats and bring them to Australia to physically have the production that they needed. Um, And it started to, at the same time, Australia was economically not having its finest moment. People didn't have the money to be paying $250 to $350 per ticket for music festivals, which is what the ticket prices had to start increasing to, to be able to cover the costs of these artists and of that production. Um, so I think I think there were a lot of reasons why, and I, I don't know how many people, Christine, I'm sure you do, but how many other people know that the Australian festival market doesn't really exist anymore for anything for anything over a twenty thousand person show. And Future, in its peak, was doing fifty to seventy thousand people, and we physically, like Australia, at the moment physically can't do that anymore. Um, do I wish America had touring festivals? Hell yeah. So, but, but, but the first question, I mean, I'm, I'm glad you just said that, but the first question is, why don't we? Why don't you? I mean, there's five, well, there were, some don't exist anymore, but probably like five major touring festivals and companies in Australia, and that was it. People, little boutique events popped up here and there in single states. But in order to make a festival profitable in Australia, you couldn't do it once if you had international talent. It had to tour to feasibly make the show profitable and to get the artist to come to you. Because whilst an LA to Sydney flight is 14 hours direct, if you're one of my English talent flying in, you're not flying for 36 hours through Dubai to come and play one show in one state and then leaving. So the touring festival had to exist in order to get the talent to come to you and to make it profitable on both sides for the artist and for the festival. In America, you don't need to do that, and you've also got hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of festivals. There are, there are a couple that go multi-location. Um, there's a couple of college festivals that do multi-location. 
but I don't think I, th- I think travel in America is easier. Travel in America is cheaper. So if you want to go to a festival that's on the opposite coast, you could just get on a plane and you fly over to it. You turn it into a holiday. Australia doesn't look at festivals like that, nor did we ever get the chance to look at it like that because they always existed as a touring festival because they physically had to because of the monetary issue with artists. So I don't think it's something that has to happen in America. It's it's easier if it's it's a lot easier not to be a touring festival. It's super fun. But like it's exotic to come to Australia and travel around five states. It's not exactly exotic to be like, hey, we're gonna throw you on an American touring festival. You're gonna go to Arkansas, Kentucky, Michigan, and like spontaneity, let's do Montana because it's pretty. No one wants to do that. Whereas you come to Australia and it's like you've got Perth on one coast, you've got Melbourne, which is like the hub of you, you're getting the best food, you're getting air, like you're getting environment that people haven't seen before, and you get a week off in the middle. So it's like our artists in the middle on the week off would go to the Whit Sundays or they go to Byron Bay. Where mm. you, America's too big, and it's like what are you what are you gonna tour different belts of america have different music preferences like it just it's not as feasible and also financially you don't need to and who knows maybe that may be the next that's what we'll see next is the next chapter here in the u.s because live nation's now owning all the festivals so the uniqueness that once was doesn't exist anymore either you know which is kind of like the unfortunateness of the journey we're on here (laughs) but anyway yeah Maybe I'm just selfish, but I want to see kind of the hybrid that's somewhere between the original Lollapalooza touring model and the large-scale festival model, where a festival can play like the Northwest, the Southwest, you know, the Midwest, the South, the Northeast, you know, and like six regional festivals over... Six weekends in six geographic regions and move the same show and the same production and the same, you know, 20 acts or so and just make it that fucking six week party that uh, that you're talking about. That's what Rolling Loud is. That's what they're trying to do. That's what they were trying to do. But we are not in this. We are not in the space of three weeks. I mean, what we do with Rolling Loud is over the whole year. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's uh, also right. different lineups each time, and I'm talking yes. about consistency. Lollapal- Lollapalooza is a good comparative. Mm-hmm. The South America Lollapalooza tour, that's right. Cool. Well, that's, again, yeah. that takes the original Lala model and takes it to a, a country where they do effectively, effectively what I'm talking about. I'm not. I'm saying, why can't we do again? Maybe I'm needing dead horse. I'm just. I'm. I'm frankly wishing to be a part of moving one of those festivals over the course of an entire summer from you know geographic region to region like warped. i i think there's a model for warped that like warped, warped. Like warped. right yeah but on a slightly more sophisticated level i suppose yeah. just because was... everything on warped is intentionally done on the cheap which is super cool the way they do it and the way they kept it affordable for fans mm-hmm. i mean again i guess it all factors into creating that right hybrid model what's the next warped yeah, yeah. we're going to see more of that yeah, I mean, you, we okay, Australia, so Australia answer, could then? never be a bus tour, at least in no. America. No. Exactly. Yeah, but even America's pretty big if you're talking four quarters, you know, yeah. four corners. It becomes, uh, it becomes a, a long fl- way a f- to go. It becomes a fly fest as well. I mean, we, yeah. except for the Sydney to Perth leg, 
where we just chartered a 747 and everyone had to get on it. That's always fun. It was awful. There's only eight, only eight business class seats and everyone thinks they're a superstar. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Too good. Got it. Yeah. All right. So moving on, I suppose. So, I mean, let's stay with the festivals. Let's put you on the spot. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite festival in the world and why? Oof. Favorite festival I've been to? Yeah, to Ex- work or play. Been to, <laughs> worked, Both you sides. tell me. Both, Both yeah. Sides. Both. Most, most exciting festival I've been to and seen was Exit Festival Serbia. Just because I never thought I'd go to a music festival in Serbia. Um, that was pretty wild. Uh, favorite festival to work. Anyone that's listening is going to punch me in the face when I say I cannot help loving working Rolling Loud. Um, Which one? <laughs> oh, any of them. I'm a sucker for punishment. I love working on Rolling Loud. Uh, I love the guys. I love the chaos of it. Um, but... <sighs> Cal Cal Jam, the first year we did it, was probably one of the greatest shows I've worked on with with our whole BWG team. That was pretty special. Uh, We love Sam Management, who we work with. I love the Foo Fighters as an act, and they were an amazing act to work with. So America-wise, that's probably um, the number one festival in America I've worked on that I enjoyed. Uh, and the number one festival I've been to elsewhere would be Serbia Exit Festival. What, what's, he- what's, the, what's the genre? He- heavy it's metal. Techno- oh, okay. that must be wild there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it was in, incredible. <laughs> Everywhere. I went and watched The Prodigy. It was cool. What about you, Dallas? Favorite festival? What do you got? Putting you on the spot. <sighs> to go to? Or to work. You tell me. I mean, you know, it's a tough one. Uh, I do like, I, when I go to the Ziggit Fest, oh. I'm always impressed with that one somehow. There's something Which one's it. that? That's the one in uh, Budapest. Budapest. Yes. Well, I like and Budapest. Yeah, and it's, it's on an island in the Danube. And the way they do it is pretty in, in, fantastic. And their backstage is absolutely amazing with the restaurant that they have there. It's pretty nice. But I uh, know it's just like a, it's really neat. Um, to work, oh, I mean, as of late, I love Rolling Loud because they remind me of something, things I was very much involved with many years ago. And I enjoy the ethos and the, like you said, the chaos. I do wish some of the, anyway, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's a good time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's we, interesting. We've had we, some we, good times out there. Yeah. We come up against challenges. Mm-hmm. But I don't know in the States. It's it's funny because they're either too polished, not, you know, I don't know. Well, you don't know why they're doing it. You get like from the working side, I find we get there and we're kind of like, what was your thinking? And Astrofest, my God, is that not brilliant or what? But um, <laughs> yeah, that's special. That's another level of special. That is a special the, one. The, the crowd is incredible. And that's what you, you know, that's what I miss. Like that's the biggest handicap I think of this year is not seeing you know, when you're lucky enough to work for some amazing artists and you see the rabid, crazy fanship, I got to say, I miss the sound. I miss the crazies. I miss the people who just love the music so much and are just all wrapped up in whatever the artist is delivering. That kind of insanity is just the hardest thing to figure out how to get back in your system. Like, you know, like if that's a drug, 
I don't know where to get my fix. And that's yeah. been the roughest thing about this year, I think, you know, or one of them. hundred percent. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, everybody shows up, you know, they have their uniqueness. I do think Europe ends up being quite amazing because they've been doing it longer than the rest of us, you know, and when you go to Roth Gilder and also because <sighs> even in the massiveness, they still keep it small. You know, and Smuckfest. I don't know if you've been to Smuckfest, but that Smuck one's Fest. amazing. That stage that you play on there, the headliner, is the it's tiniest the little postage. Yeah, it's a tiny little stage. Tiny little stage. And they got the little. That's the one with people. the little, like the little Ewok village. Yeah, and, like, yeah, yeah the, 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 the side by side ping pong the tree stages. House VIP. The, the yeah, treehouse the VIP. Yeah. Word, and then they have the little guy that's like the elf of the forest, and they, yes, they have a special rum <laughs> that they make there. This is all in yes. Denmark. Sorry, it's all in Denmark. Yeah. So they have all this like Danish Sounds folklore amazing. about it. It's brilliant. If you ever plan it's on yeah. in the forest, like you're it's deep incredible. in the forest. <laughs> and they're so green. I mean, they're incredibly yeah. green. That's the other part yeah. of it. This phenomenon. Oh, who did we see I there? I love that, that about the Scandinavian, the Scandinavian Millie Millie. festivals Remember in general. Remember you saw your favorite <laughs> Yes, artist, I was going to bring that up when we saw a fucking, I don't know if it was Millie or Vanilli. <laughs> I don't but when. Jen, she was super pregnant. She was walking us around yeah, the forest and we were standing out watching Millie or Vanilli. And <laughs> it was, it was, and then, and remember, I'm not even going to say his name, but brother of the manager who is the dumb fuck on tour got arrested <laughs> backstage and I had to fucking talk the police into Whoa. not taking him away. Yeah. No. Wait, wait, wait. Yes. We, wait, yes. Wait. yes. 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 Yeah, you missed that. that. Happened. You missed no, no, that. No, 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 no. I, I remember that, but I oh. don't remember Millie Vanilli. I remember. <laughs> oh, because they weren't on that stage. They weren't on <laughs> the that. that was a little. We saw the, the Whalers were next to us. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's right. Because they do. That's those two the small stages yeah. that are next it to each the other. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, but they have it's other like... stages there. It's fascinating. It's a while. I, mean, I don't remember the Whalers. This is a lineup in the, Denmark. The oh, yeah. The Smugfest right lineup. We went the Smugfest lineup is incredible. It's amazing. Incredible. Yeah. And that was incredible. It's in the middle of the yeah. forest. Front house is literally in a tree house. Yes. Yes. And it's like carved out of wood. You can like go. There's people sleeping like in the trees. Like it's, <laughs> it's unreal. So Peeing good. everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What about Oceaga? Oh, my Oceaga. goodness. Oceaga. Oh, yeah. Up in, up in, in Canada? Yes. Oshuega? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's Canada dope. One. That's a great one. Yeah. That's well, now, if, if you want to talk about an amazing setting, though. You got to talk about um, uh, in fucking Alabama on the beach. Oh, yeah. Golf Hang shores. Golf shores. Hang fest. Hang out. Now, I'm not going to tell you that that's the best festival that I've been to, but sitting in that that compound late at night with your feet in that sand that's like confectionery sugar, it is like so that it's like the softest sand I've ever walked on in my life. It really was. And, and that is fucking cool. In terms of idyllic just looking out at the ocean it's you, you can't really beat that i'm saying very spring break forever uh, forever <laughs> is that one of yours were you on that emily i am not on hangout i i dearly love the people that do hangout festival but no that's um what's his name former fish guy um production manager who's production manager on that you're not talking no. about um, Hart, uh, Haddon, uh, Haddon Hitsley? Uh, yeah, Haddon works for, what's his name? Why am I getting this wrong? Had, I don't know. I got to look this up. Mm. I don't know why. I was, like, I, I was like, I know the guys that site build, not the production team. I remember New Era, the promoter that started it many years ago. <laughs> I was like, the 
who are no more. Why am I getting confused? I'm confusing myself now. Because you've been out of work lately. Yeah. Seriously, right? That's bullshit. You're rusty. It's hard. It's hard Seriously. to remember. Mm-hmm. Maybe it is Haddon. Maybe that is what I'm thinking. I mean, Haddon Hipsley, if you're saying fish, he's he was famous. Right, because he was the one who produced all their big fish festivals in Miami and in Maine and Vermont in the early mm-hmm. days. He was a production That's manager for thinking, many years. Right? Yeah. Yes, years, that yeah. must be what I'm thinking. And now it's Jesse Sandler. Another awesome But I do movie. want to give a shout out, like you said, Dallas, to all those Scandinavian festivals. Their, their greening initiatives, the way they really embrace the environment. And the amount of women that work. In. Uh, it's yeah. very fair. You got female riggers, female everything. That whole there's no, yeah. there's no in between. Heavy equipment drivers, fork, the whole bit, love and they're that. lovely. Pink pop, so dope. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Kyle, pop, jump in. Pop. We haven't heard from you in a minute. What do you think? I don't like festivals. Ah! He likes to wash his hands. He doesn't like to walk in the dirt. I don't Walker, like. Please. I don't like Walker. all the people running. It's not enough of a controlled environment for you. Uh, fucking up my shoes, you know, all the dust. I'm cool. Messing up his watch. I mean, there's something to be said, though. So Kyle's out at front of house. And, of course, some of these festivals, it gets fucking crazy out there. And, I mean, just touring Europe in general, the floor of some of these arenas get just so stuffed with people being Mm -hmm. at front of house. Stepping over people, especially especially if there's no tea. I'm good. Seriously, right? If it's general admission, I'm yeah. good. So some of these bigger festivals across Europe in particular, I, I feel you. I, I understand where you're coming from. The lack of control, that feeling of being in the middle of the chaos. It can mm-hmm. be a little fucked up. And you get I'm stuck. good. And you, you get, get stuck. stuck out there. Yeah. Yeah. You have to go to front of house an hour and a half before you're set because if you don't, you won't get yeah, to yeah, front of house. It. Mm-hmm. It's a wrap. Something I'm to be cool. said for that. Nobody said Coachella. Nobody said Coachella. No, no. Come on. <laughs> No, I mean, I, think I like go- Coachella every Why? time. I like Coachella. Why? No. I think it's laid out well. I think they do a good job of moving people around. I think they've got a pretty good system back there. I think they've got good people in a number of positions. A lot of strong women. It's where I met Meg. She was, you know, a, a total badass when I worked with her. Dallas, come on. What do you say? You're. What, why are you shaking your head? I like Coachella or Dusk. Twilight at Coachella. It's a stunning venue. It's beautiful. Stunning venue. It's a stunning venue. I just think it's uh, like many large festivals in the United States. It's a real challenge to get the communication to the staff on the ground um, for like security or, you know, just simple passageways back and forth. I mean, having been unfortunately on the bad end of that more often than not with reputable artists and with all the right people who all know all the right people. I mean, all the people in charge are incredible, but I think that the biggest challenge for large festivals in the U S particularly, especially with pay scales and qualifications and so on and so forth. I just think we run into, um, they run into a real problem when it comes to some of that basic ground support, you know, and running 24 hour shifts. Um, you know, you can show up, in the morning with a headliner and you're coming in one way and then suddenly nobody knows how to get out of there that night, you know, and you're literally walking, like you're with the crew, you're with a headlining act on a main stage. And now you're walking out of the venue because nobody knows how to get you out of there. I mean, come on, you know, I mean, it's, um, I think it's a challenge, but I don't think it's not because of people aren't trying. I just think that that is like one of the biggest challenges that we have, you know, with that really on the ground support, you know, how do you, nobody ever knows anything. 
Exactly. Can you afford that many staff? To train them properly. I mean, it's a real handicap. And I think it shows, unfortunately, more often than not, you know, because we're, you know, we often too, we're in the exchange of different shifts of, you know, a shift is changing and something that might have been one way for many hours is different time of day. But we always end up with the brunt of it instead of like feeling like, oh, look, everybody knows what's going on. Instead, it's kind of like a fight. You know, you're like, oh, my God. And now you're exhausted and you really want to shower. And that's really all you're thinking about. And somehow you can't get off the site, <laughs> you know, because... Yeah. And I just think that's a challenge for many events, but particularly that one, it seems uh, I've been on the bad end of that. And then it's just, there's so many egos. It's just, it's just, there's so many posers, like a European festival, like what you say, Christine, I, it touched me when you talked about just feeling that drug of the energy with the people and people who love the artists and who are just hanging on to every word. And this is what they've thought about all year long. You get that in Europe and, and, and across the sea you don't get that here in the states unfortunately well that's a fan thing right you're talking about the fans now because when you said you mentioned egos i mean as if you're talking about all the people that are backstage in in vip and what but in europe you're there's a whole nother appreciation for just music and art as a cultural thing i mean it's just different but even the people working too like even the people working just have a a different sense of appreciation for what they're doing you know they value what they're doing some people you run into it's just like they have this sense of entitlement you know like i'm doing this and you know i don't care what you say you know it's like (laughs) right it's like wait a minute you know it's different okay okay so emily Along similar lines, actually, that last statement, I suppose, you know, when you're hiring into these key positions for a festival, and I was originally going to ask this on the artist side, so I guess I'm curious both ways. Like, as a director of festivals, as somebody who does a lot of the hiring, like, what are you looking for in the people that you're bringing on board for these key positions? And similarly, when you're engaging with the talent, you know, what are the traits of, like, the, the great production managers, tour managers, et cetera, that, that you're dealing with? Uh, hire, hiring wise, it's personality is always a big part. Obviously you have to have the resume to back up the position you're applying for, but personality and sort of an inclusive mentality is a really big thing. I find, and I, I think we all come across it both in, we get it on the artist production tour manager side. And look, I've, I, I've done it myself. You're on show 492 and you haven't had a day off and you're like we we with the jerk side will come out and you you can't help being snappy because we haven't slept because our job does mean we don't sleep a lot. And we are up against 400 kids backstage at Coachella that shouldn't be there and a security shift changeover. And we just like you, we're in the position that we feel like we are the tour manager or production manager or in roles I've been in the festival director or something, someone should be listening to you. It's like I, this is the headline artist. I'm their tour manager. I have advanced this correctly and you're still screwing up. Like just listen to me and you you can't help letting that out. Um, and don't get me wrong, I'm I'm a shocker at it. And I, I will I will apologize immediately when I realize I'm doing it, but I think I definitely look for in staffing and in the tour manager productions, I had the ability to apologize. Probably not like I get it if you're going to lose it because I've lost it 
and we're always in the shitty positions. Like we get shat on (laughs) 24-7. But the ability to apologise and not turn it into an ego thing but rather just a I was tired or like I'm the tour manager of the headliner and you guys have really not given us the headliner experience but I get why you didn't. That that's something I would look for, uh, in in both staff and then and then staff I'm interacting with. Like our our industry is chaotic, and it's always going to be chaotic, and we have to do a million positions. And if someone sat me behind a desk from in a nine to five position, my brain would explode. But I reckon there wouldn't be few. There'd be few nine to five jobs I couldn't do because what we have to learn in our positions is literally everything. We know how to handle all, all forms of chaos and kind of everything from I can drive a forklift, I can balance a budget, I can help stop a crowd at the front of Astro World when they're when they're, when they're desperate to get in. Like we we know how to play every situation and, and when you're looking for staff, that's what you look for in them. And I guess the ability to apologize means no ego. Trying to, it's trying to find someone that, like, we can't help it. We do sometimes have that ego, but the ability to apologize for the ego when it comes out, I think, is a really big thing. Matt doesn't think, have that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> motherfucker. No, I, I think that's a really good answer. I, so basically what I'm hearing, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but to, to say that succinctly, the yeah, qualifications... <laughs> no, 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 but, but that's how we arrive at a, a good answer, right? So the qualifications are almost taken for granted. Like there are a lot of people out there who have done the jobs. If you're in that position, you need to have the qualification. But so the characteristic that you're looking for is humility, right? You were looking for somebody who can set aside their ego and say, hey, we're in this together. Let's work it out. Like I'm a hothead. Sometimes I can be a hothead motherfucker. I, I know you're looking at me thinking I'm the fucking hothead. Yeah. Sometimes it's my job to be a hothead. I mean, sometimes it's my job. Sometimes yeah. I'm doing it because I'm I'm put in a bad situation and I'm stressed out about it and I might blow up at somebody. But sometimes it's actually my responsibility to blow up at somebody in order to get what I need for the artist that I'm there with. But at the same time, to go back later and say, listen, Would you I didn't mean to be a dick. Yeah. I just wanted to... You know, I I needed to see that happen right then. And if it came out the wrong way, I'm sorry for that. We're all here together. We're all trying to do our job. We're all trying to look out for our respective client, you know, health and well-being of the and integrity of the event, et cetera, et cetera. When was the last time you apologized? I apologize to Emily every time I see her. I apologize to Emily for actually hiring her into a job that she was vastly (laughs) overqualified for just two weeks ago. So there, motherfucker. We had a great time. Is that right, Emily? It is very correct. You definitely did. (laughs) (laughs) But if she didn't know you, she'd be like, nah, I'm good. She did it because she rocks with you. Like, we all, I mean, it's about, this industry is about relationships. Relationships. If you didn't have a relationship with her and you said, hey, can you, then she'd be like, I'm good. You know, Corona or not, I'm, I'm a good. She did it because Meg was like, just throw this guy uh, again, a bone and fucking do uh, it. <laughs> I just but it said is. that. You, Relationships. We, we know each other's personalities. I mm-hmm. I had a, a very interesting experience a couple of days ago on the show. I just finished with it. One thing I think we're starting to see a lot in in hip hop coming through is, I mean, it it's funny because it used to be in, in like girl pop and now it's in hip hop. Uh, artists with their mothers as their managers. 
Oh God, momagers. Yeah, Uh-oh. I had a I had a momager four four days ago in an inside studio shoot over a piece of pizza. I I lit, I had to stand stand for twenty minutes and to get absolutely dressed down uh, by this momager who used essentially. Uh, uh, who essentially told me that because my accent wasn't American, I obviously didn't understand America. There you um, go. Which and I and I in my head the first thing I thought of was maybe it's Bitch. because this is well yeah that <laughs> but you obviously this is I get it it's your daughter and she's your everything and and but this is probably, this must be your first act because. Anyone that anyone that knows me, and generally these days, everyone I work with, I know, knows that my accent doesn't mean I'm not American, or doesn't mean I don't understand America. And also, my accent is probably why I just sound a little bit harsher than other people. My accent is harsh sounding, but <laughs> it, it was this, it was this insane what? moment o- over a piece of pizza. Uh, and what was wrong with the pizza? Uh, well. COVID times, you cannot take an individual piece of pizza oh, out of a box. Right. Otherwise, that whole box is yours. And it was our crew pizza. And the crew were five hours on overtime on meal penalty. So I ordered them dinner. And they came out and started opening the pizzas. And I was like, hey, can can I just get you to hold up? I'll, I'll get you a pizza. Because um, they obviously didn't understand. They were pulling pieces out of every box. And we had a pizza per crew member. So it meant crew wasn't going to eat. Um, and they flipped. That was a and huge I, budget you were working with. Huge budget. <laughs> was this a WYH gig then that you were doing? No, no, was I'm, the, I, the I was. I, no, I was on production. It's just everyone in production has to understand COVID liability and and what you can and can't do when you're feeding your crew, and that is every all, all crew on all shows now, especially when we go back to festivals, unless they come up with something new is catering will never be what catering is again. Yes. I know. Right. Everyone's super excited. I don't fuck with uh, catering anyway. And, but basically what that means is box meals is what you're box saying, meals. right? A box lot meals. of waste. Lots a lot of waste. Of waste. Kyle, you going to be okay with that? A, a lot of cleanliness. Cause nasty no. bastards. So, We've but how do we do that then? How do we do that in a way that exactly. isn't, how do we do that in a way that isn't meals. disrespectful to the to the environment? That well, that doesn't you, ser- you know create you serve too the much meals? waste. In some in, in some places, you can serve the meal if you're like if it's a food service serving the meal, handling it behind to the, the person behind yeah, the, like the, behind the, a the glass, plastic or right. whatever. Yeah, whatever yeah. the system is. I mean, it's that can be, but of course, it's it's it be immediately shoots up the cost, though. And of course, yeah. that's going to. But again, it is producing a lot of waste. Obviously, that's so, unfortunate. Yeah. Mm. It is. Festivals have spent a good part of 15 years getting themselves to be as green as possible. And now we've got no choice but to go back to being as wasteful well, as possible. Well, with we all the paper be. products. And food quality is going to go down, too. Because yep. it's just not the same experience. You got paper straws, you got paper cardboard, paper boxes, now they put everything in. That's very green. Straw, we should get straw Shelly dis- Lynn back here. The straw disintegrates. We should talk to The straw disintegrates before you finish told, drinking. Uh, I told I showed Christine. Yeah, it's cool. I was, on, I was on a gig two weeks, and Shelly Lynn did our tada did our catering every day, breakfast, lunch, dinner, after show food, and there were these amazing boxes. And what they did was after you know if we ate you know while we're in rehearsal or whatever, we put our boxes to the side, we put all the little plastic containers to the side, and they recycled all that. So we didn't just throw them away. They took them and then That's they recycled good. them. 
but it was a box, you know, it had like little plastic containers and all that stuff and they recycled them. But I mean, it was still like secure. It's your box. You take it. Here you go. You eat it. You're done. You put it back. There you go. It's green. There it is. Self-chew. And it was <laughs> phenomenal. Let me tell you something. That's what's Amazing. great. Yeah. It That's was, awesome to hear. That is exciting. I would look forward to having like an extra box to take home for dinner. It was <laughs> amazing. That's awesome. I'm trying to remember what she just how she described their philosophy, like long and deep or whatever. What was the pimp, word? Pimp, 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 pimp past it. No, 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 that was her well, pimp and past it. That was her favorite one. That was the yes. favorite quote from that show. Pimp past I'm pretty it. sure that's what we we called that episode. Now that actually. would be a good t shirt. Come on, pimp man. And past Put that it. on a t shirt. Yeah. I'm I'm that, Boom, I'm saying that one. Mm-hmm. I like that one. Sam, yeah. get on it. Come on, Sam. Let's um, do it. Step it up. Um, no, I'm trying to think you. of what she said, though. Yeah, fuck. I'm, it's not coming to me. Maybe Sam can look it up and But also, uh, chime realizing in. that we'll, uh, you know, she'll incur more costs. I mean, it creates catering becomes a much more expensive thing all the way around. And, you know, I think this is going to be one of the challenges when we get back on the road in any real sense of the word. Not just in a obvious festival environment, but just everyday touring it's going to be yeah. a big hassle you know i mean, I mean there's so many so many things that have gone away uh, water stations oh that's can't touch my water station anymore so can't that doesn't it. make sense i mean no whatever it's, yeah yeah it's very oh. strange I don't know. yeah i don't know when touring buses will be allowed to come back because those beds ain't bunks ain't six feet so I don't know if you ever want to be made to quarantine with that group of people, and then that becomes your group of. It's, yeah, you, you become a pod. These yeah. things I've been doing lately, they've been making pods. So because you're in this group, you're a pod now. Yeah. And then you all get tested as a pod every day right. and temperature so, checks. Yeah. And those are the people pod. you work with, and you can those only be with, with those people. This was people. this was in Digby's original, you know, yeah. uh, you know, proposal for coming back, where it was working in those little clusters. I mean, that's. Yeah. That, but I have so many other questions and thoughts on the way buses need to come back in terms of the cleaning and cleans of the term the filtration in terms of yeah. the cleaning of the sheets and turning of re- replacement of mattresses. What about the curtains? Tour to tour. The curtains I mean, alone. What about the curtain? You know that curtain I mean, that divides. Yeah. Us Everything from the is going to need to be washed, sanitized. <laughs> that, Every day. Just that much more free. But yeah, I think I think we we adopt the European model. I mean, like think about the U.S. versus the European the, model. Oh yeah, you where the driver your, is all over it. Yeah, the driver's all over it. He's washing the sheets. He's replacing everything. Everything's He's making clean. your coffee or tea in the morning, for crying yes. out loud. And his chaps. You, you remember Kevin. <laughs> Wait, what? We had a, I we missed had that. A, we had a driver that was very Was he German? What was Kevin? Remember, you remember Kevin? Well, he Kevin. saw you in your robe and slippers, and Kevin. he was like, well, I need to wear my chaps. All I know is that he was very relaxed with our... With our party. But this and, is the same tour night. where you wear your robe and your slippers. Am I right? It is, but it has nothing and, to do see, with, and you're, nothing with, do with your, his chaps. He smelled your eucalyptus <laughs> and he, he thought you were, you know. It was the aromatherapy. Had nothing exactly. to do with that. You oh, can't do what we do. It had nothing to do with that. <laughs> we even told him. It's like you, when you Emily, have you ever the front, seen you Banks? Emily, have <laughs> you ever seen? Wait, it is what? He was just, he you're talking shirts? about, he was walking around in chaps and nothing else? Is that just what you're saying? No, just, no. just assless chaps. <laughs> no. Ass okay, out, so, no shirt on, just so walking So that around. was that, I remember I told you, I had to go back to the bus that one time. The bus was parked like away, and there was like a party going on in our bus. Remember, we, we kept waking up, it was like, who's drinking our liquor? 
Like our liquor. Yes, I do remember lighted. that. And I went back to the bus one night to go get some stuff. We can we finished the Brits, and I was like, "Where's the buses?" And we're like, "Oh, it's down the street or whatever." Oh, that was terrible too. And I'm Brits. walking to the buses, and the lights. I see the lights pulse, and I'm like, "What the hell is going on?" <laughs> Push the code in. Our driver and chap ass the chaps, you know, ass out with a couple other drivers having a full on fucking party on the bus, and he's like, "Hey," and I'm like. What the fuck? Like, I'm out of here. I'm out of here. Now it explains it. But we had to tell him early on, he would get up from the front, complete bare chested, just in his skivvies and his boxers, his tidy whities, walking and making his morning cup of coffee. We're like, Kevin, you got to put on some pants. You got to put on a shirt when you come out. That's some yeah. shit. Yeah. It was rough. That's some shit. That's so, so. <laughs> Um, and you're convinced that the, the, the robe and the slippers have nothing to do with that. Then. That's your position then? Emily, have you ever seen Banks in his robe and his slippers? No. No. She, I know. We've never. No. We're going to have no. to fix that. We're going to have to fix that. I, got, I can go get my robe in my, my, my It's in the other room. I'm a, I am a firm believer of a robe. I have a selection of robes. I can go model. I have a selection of robes. A robe selection. A selection of robes. I have a selection of robes. This is why this is why we call him Banks. Fabulous. And Sam, by the way, did did turn up uh, the Shelley Lynn. Uh, yeah, yeah. Wow. Directive. Don't don't bring D- it out now. Don't bring it out now. No, now, not now. No, not after not now? the chaps conversation. Not after the chaps conversation. Well, go for you it. Can't Open see, the you door. Can't say that. I mean, we can't, you can't leave our, our audience hanging like that and just not share. Deep no, and narrow. Just, That's what Shelly Lynn called it. Deep and narrow. What, Kyle? Wow. You got to let that breathe, but you already said it. <laughs> God. Oh, my God. Well, y'all are the ones being all pervy about it. Like, one has anything to do with the other. I'm sorry. You talking about ass out, and then you say something's deep and narrow. That don't. That doesn't. That's rough. <laughs> I, I I hadn't even put that together until y'all started going off in your crazy whack trying tangent. to act all humble in Amityville. You're asking me exactly what you were saying. Oh my god, Amityville. But I okay. Going back to our original thing, I you, every tour is going to have to have a COVID officer, at least a couple COVID. I agree. Officers. Correct. Yep. We're going to have to have European standards where we clean the sheets and everything every day, and we have to what? stick to our pods. That's it. You're going to have to stick with your people. Get tested every day. Temperature checks three to four times a day, just like we're doing on these shoots right now. And we'll yep. be fine. They got to get these tests together. They need to quit killing people. Mm-hmm. You mean touching, as far as like the, the brain? Yeah, touching the <laughs> yeah, brain. Yeah, the, the brain <laughs> scrape, the daily yeah, brain a, scrape. A, a so so let's talk to Emily about that, that now, actually. So Emily, Did it penetrate like, the memory? back on track. They, they, Wait, gave, on, her, they gave her a test and instantly her nose started bleeding, like instantly. And she was dead the next morning. No. Are you serious? What? How old was this woman? Uh, I'm 46. She was maybe 40. My goodness. Wow! Are you serious? Have they done an autopsy? She was a background singer for one of the artists I work with. Oh my gosh! So young. Yeah, I mean, literally, why it was like as soon as the lady pulled the swab out, nose just gushing with blood. Instant. It wasn't like it it wasn't like it was later, or it was instant. Oh, you'd be fine. You'd be fine. No, she had nothing wrong with her. She thought she was. She thought. She was feeling sick. She and she didn't. And the results came out. She didn't even have COVID, but she just had just a regular cold. But 
but okay, so that that goes back to a lot of these shoots now are having sixty people on set and one person who's doing the swab, and you're trying to rush through it. Mm-hmm. It's like that takes time. No, but, th- but this well, happened this at is... the hospital. She went to the doctor. Oh, oh. So that's yeah. some shit. Now, Kyle, I'm sorry for your loss. Yeah, that's terrible. That that no, that I mean, is a because, terrible I mean, story. Even when I got mine, like, yo, you deep. No, you have to go. That's it. Yo, but, you deep as well, shit. Okay, so let's get to the question then. So, Emily, the other co- company that you're working for, WIH, is a consulting and or testing service. Um, and, you know, we, we saw firsthand a couple weeks ago working together. And, of course, you deal with this much more frequently on a day-to-day basis. That the hardest thing about a job now is getting everybody tested in an efficient manner in order to get them on site to work and then to continue, you know, managing the process and doing the regular testing. Like, what is the future there? How do we, what can we do to improve the efficiency is testing getting better and to the point that we're going to be able to do, you know, the spit test instead of the three centimeter test or the five centimeter brain scrape, like Kyle's talking about the shit that it, you know, it like every time I get that shit stuck up my nose, I'm bawling like a fucking baby for at least a couple minutes after like I, it just, the way it hits me, like my sinuses go wild every time. Like, how do we, how is that process going to evolve to a point that it's manageable on a day-to-day basis with tours, with festivals, one-off events, whatever? Uh, I mean, I, I haven't had to experience the five centimeter one and I don't know many places that are doing it. So I hope none of you undergo that again. <laughs> For starters, that's awful. Uh, I think that the, types of testing and and the changes in testing is literally weekly new information is coming out so I do think we are evolving towards a point of I mean there's at the moment this the the newest testing they're looking at is five minute rapid testing um so that like that will change the music industry and travel completely if, if that comes out and is FDA approved because that starts to create the ability to rapid test everyone as they come into airports and before they get on planes starts to rapid test people as they come in for concerts. Um, I think different productions in different states are using different types of testing, which we, we went through Matt with the two different types of testing on, on the event that we just did Um, having to change testing when one was, was having some, some hiccups. Um, And I think unfortunately it's like anything anything new in the world whether it's medical related or beta testing of anything is we're moving with this as quickly as we can with the knowledge that we have this is something brand new to everybody so everyone can only talk about it to the best of their knowledge and also the best of the world knowledge on something which at this point is nine months worth of knowledge that's it so um what do I think? I think we're going to keep finding out new things every month. And I think the types of testing is going to continue to change. And will we get to a point that we won't have to stick a swab up our nose five centimeters at all? I would hope so. Um, Will that happen before a vaccine comes out? I don't know. Will all of this go away because instead a vaccine comes out, maybe like there's, there's just too, there's too many 
moving pieces and variables on something that the entire CDC and is working around the clock on just to 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 keep up with and, and and work out to the best of their abilities. Every week, the information from the CDC changes. Something that they told us was a hundred percent last week is is possible this week, and then next week is changed again. Like everyone's just doing the best they can at this point. You know, would you guys? Yeah, would you guys say since you've been more active than some of us out in the field, um, have you in the testing as it has played out? Have you found people to have be positive? And if so, what have they? How have they reacted? Like, how's the uh, whatever event you're doing? How do they react to it? And how does the person? Do they still get paid if if that person shows up and it turns out that they're COVID positive? Do they still get paid for the gig, but they're not allowed to do the gig? Or how do any of those things playing out? Same so uh, we have been lucky. We haven't had anyone on a production side show positive. No. However, how many people are you going through a day? Sorry. That's okay. Uh, the It depends on what type of testing we're doing, but one of the tests that we do is nine people at a time and it takes about two to three hours for a test run, so you can do about 27 in a day. Okay. Um, so that's had, really not fast. It's not, no, but we've got, we've had, I've been on other shows, not with WRH, but just in production where they're doing the rapid 15-minute testing and they're testing 50, 60, 100 people a day. Um, we, I, I haven't been, I've, I've worked quite a bit during COVID. I've been super lucky. I haven't yet been on a site where I've had a uh, a production member test positive. I, ha- I have been there when talent has, but not when a production member, when production has. Um, but the basic understanding, and I think what everyone's kind of going through, is that should a, a, a case test positive and an event get shut down, you still get paid out is currently the direction everything is going on is that you still get paid whether if you are on a site and like this is just like conversations I'm having with people everyone's looking at it differently but it's like how do you how do you as a company make it fair or make it possible to keep working is it like well if if someone tests positive but they're not within close proximity or they're say they're in a building that has two HVAC systems and they are on one side with one HVAC system and they test positive and people on the other side and the the doctor on call says that they people can keep working you still have to leave it up to production's decision that if they don't feel comfortable it's their choice not to work but they still get paid like there's there's so there's so many new additional variables because of COVID that just like in catering make everything so much more expensive like it's and you hire go so i was just gonna say like are you hiring are you keeping i hate to say substitutes in the background but like for certain positions are you keeping because you know are you guys considering we need to make Uh, sure somebody's on you know standing by for that spot in case i i mean i i haven't that would be a question i would ask matt because you had to hire a crew crew on the last one i think uh i mean i guess i guess on my last three shows i've been hiring video crews and lds as well um, let me jump in there. I was going to say funny because we and, haven't. Yeah. Yeah. Let me jump in and add something. I'm not even sure that the question is a matter of replacing that one person. I think the question is, does the entire production need to get shut down? 
It, it, it has. I had that happen. Because if, if that you? person goes yeah. into a facility, they've then contaminated the site right. and exposed yeah. everyone that's working. Mm. So talk about does everyone get paid out? I mean, I think that that's a much bigger and more complicated question. And I, I think that, Emily, you've been very fortunate. I've been very fortunate that I haven't had to deal with that yet either. Banks, you, you're saying you have had that situation? Yeah, just had it not too long ago. Uh, you know, the, the things I've been doing lately is we've been getting tested every day before we even go inside the building. And it was at the start of the load-in after rehearsal. We've been doing rehearsals. Everybody's been getting tested every day. We went to the venue to load in for production, and somebody tested positive coming in. Now, it was a new crew member coming in for the production, not somebody that we had rehearsed with, but the other guys had prepped gear with them in the shop and all that. So when that happened, they shut everything down, told everybody to go home. We then went to the doctor later on that day and got the the, the brain scrape uh, at the doctor, everybody, and then we had to wait find out everybody was negative. And then we came back to the facility like a couple days later, got tested again at the facility, and then we were allowed to start production again. And Emily, how many days is it that this thing can incubate, they're saying? I'm looking at you as the expert here. <laughs> I'm not Rory. <laughs> we have an, an, an amazing gentleman a, with our company. Rory was no joke. We all know Rory. Yeah, yeah Rory, he had his hemmed up. <laughs> He, he, he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a little pit bull. He he's, he's, he's vigilant in his task. He's very task-oriented. Um, he's in, in, a wealth <laughs> of knowledge. Uh, incubation can be five to ten days. So, so. so for Chris to say that they shut down for two days, I mean, that still begs questions, right? Yeah. Suspect, motherfucker, suspect. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's what what they did with you guys is what it kind of sounds like they did. I'm not sure. It all comes down to contact tracing because right. I think m- most places it's always test before you enter the building. Yeah. Right. And, mo- and, 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 most- and all the yeah, and all the people that had come in contact with them and tested mm-hmm. negative on the morning test. They and should then when they still went to the have. Later on, they should yeah, have been replaced. Them, Every one of those people should have been replaced. They should have been. And that gear needed to be wiped. Yeah. yeah, well, at least 10, right? They're saying at least 10. And now, yeah, now it's 10. But yeah, yeah. they should have been quarantined because that's the last time I that we had a positive. Um, everyone that, like, we contact traced everyone they've been in contact with and they were called and told to sit at home on their pretty little butts for the next 10 days. Um, but Getting no, we, we don't have, we haven't had replacement crews. It's funny. I like for my directors and for myself, we don't need to replace ourselves. If we're quarantined, we can, everyone's remote directing at the moment. Um, but I, I didn't have replacement A1s, LDs, camera guys, none of that. Um, and, and it would have been as simple as just trading in because these people are in, in contact with nobody from the rest of our team until post testing. Uh, that was for Kyle, not for you, Emily. Oh, I was um, like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so Kyle just sent us a text on the side saying that we're running long here and he's got other shit to do. So blowing him up for that. But uh, that was for him. See, and uh, <laughs> all right, but we, but Emily, we, Kyle we, is busy. We ha- 
He go clean he's going his shooting. gun. He's going back to the range. Back to the range. I mean, actually, Man. Chris knows that. I mean, Chris, I had to use Chris for some Luya the other day. So I mean, we we, we try yeah, to we get all, in. We all got stuff. I got. I got. We, yeah. <laughs> I'm sitting here ignoring emails as we're sitting. I had here. to move my whole Luya to a new Luya. Yeah. You know, and Chris was part of that Luya movement. So yeah, I got. Still Emily, if you don't know yeah. what they're talking about, that's hallelujah. Yeah, no, I guessed because I was like, God, Luya, hell, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, on that God tip. You getting it now? There it is. Mm. Anywho, sorry to infringe upon your very precious time, motherfuckers. I mean, we're not infringing, but, you know, when you plus 30 minutes, you know. Plus 30? <laughs> yeah. We are enjoying a delightful conversation I, and I with our amazing guests. And it, it's a it's a, a great conversation. Nonetheless, I got shit to do. You guys gotta get your nose tickled again. <laughs> no, I, I, I didn't want to get my nose fondled any longer. I, after I mean, it's just terrible. See, you haven't you haven't experienced that. Yet. But when it's deep, what? it's real. You don't mind them going deep into the nose like that? Have Nothing. you had the brain scrape? I've had a brain scrape. The brain scrape, which is the five centimeters, I'm not about that. Three centimeters. Even the three centimeter is a brain scrape. Like that's some all. shit. Doesn't and the three centimeters all. in both nostrils. That's for ten thing. seconds. Like, counted. Yeah, out. the swirling that you talked about. That that swirling thing. Yeah, that is, swirling shit is whack. It's not okay. <laughs> <laughs> you feeling violated? Just yes. thinking about it. Fa- nose. Like, your yeah. nose has been fondled. Yes, it's disrespectful. Yeah, I feel like men really struggle with it a lot more. That I whole, have allergies. It's that, it's that, oh, okay. It's that whole pain threshold thing. No, I have allergies. I have really, no. I have allergies. <laughs> wow. That's what she they all have, say. She said you had a delicate nose. That's a cold yeah. piece. She was talking to you too, nose. MF. <laughs> yeah, she did. She did. In, 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 yeah, she did. <laughs> and yes. I and I accept that I have a baby nose. And yes, anything tickling my baby ass nose is rough. I don't like it. Okay. On that note, Emily, you've been amazing. We appreciate you. Before we let you go, we always do our series of quick hits. Your first tour, what was it? Oh, shoot. Rudimental. Rudimental Australia tour. Rudimental, a nine-piece band out of the UK. Yeah, I know Rudimental. You don't know Rudimental? I know them, Come on, man. Yeah, I do. Matt doesn't know Rudimental? Apparently not. I, I, I forget more than I know at this point. Uh, you uh, you, you, you love your international love. You're a regional motherfucker. Yeah. I think Passport's they were. Getting I think they it's were the island. They were, well, they were my first it's individual the, artist tour. I'd done a lot of festivals before them, but first individual artist tour. Copy that. What about your favorite tour? What was that? They were also probably my favorite artist to tour with. They were very fun. I toured with them three times. They were great. Okay. Okay. Single best moment or experience that you wish to share with us? First music festival I directed in America, Aaron Style 2017. What was it? Okay. Aaron Style. Aaron Style, the snowboarding and music festival in LA. Sean White. Yeah. Sean White, yeah. First, first time holding the title of a festival director. That was pretty special. Fair enough. I don't, yeah. Keep going. Go ahead. What were you gonna say? I said I'd been I'd been in the country for a year, so I 
exponentially grown in my production role. So I was very happy. And well-deserved. So my favorite question, if there is any one thing about the industry you'd like to see us doing better, what is it? Oh, good question. Less stage clashes, and that comes from being a fan. <laughs> no, from a from a work side, better better entrance experiences. America, America wide, entrance experience to music festivals in America are abysmal. Interesting. Okay. In, in, in what sense? There's no enjoyment. The queues are awful. The there the a lot of the most of the entrances are ugly. There's like I've been to festivals all over the world where the, the every part like every part of the festival should be an experience. Entrance, the festival, and the exit. And I feel like it's, I feel like America really misses the mark on that. You know, I'm like, I'm gonna point out that the majority of people who answer that question refer to you know, something that happens behind the scenes, something mm -hmm. about the treatment of crew and what have you. And, and I appreciate that your answer was actually something to improve the experience for the fans. I like that. I mean, you ask anyone about a music festival, if they had a bad experience leaving it, that's generally what they relate to. Because like the things you remember most are the first moment and the last moment. So the entrance, which is also the exit of a festival, I think needs more. Well, look at it more. I've also been through my fair share of awful festival entrance moments. So that's probably why it sticks with me the most. Okay. So last question. We'll get you out of here on this. Parting shots, shout outs. What do you got? Oh. Gosh, shout out to everyone that's still trying to work through this and and grinding and waiting for this to be over because it will be uh, eventually. So stick out there. <laughs> uh, and shout out to my bosses, Megan Leo, for taking a chance on me when I moved here to America and keeping me on board. And congratulations on leaving me in LA and moving to New Hampshire on the East Coast. My neck uh, of the woods. Yeah, I'll come visit you guys soon. But forever shout out to them. They have looked after me and supported me through my now six years in this country. So I'm forever grateful. Well, Emily, thank you. Kyle, motherfucker, any, anything from you? Shoot straight. <laughs> Thanks. Wow. Vote. Yeah. Please vote. Venetian Wash Aquatic Club. Vote because I can. Dallas. <laughs> yep, vote. Vote and wash your hands, but definitely vote. Let's get out of this mess. <laughs> well, I'm with all that. And I also want to give a shout out to all of our fans, our listeners. I appreciate all of you. I appreciate you uh, being with us. And uh, can't wait to do it again next week. So on that note, I thank you all and good night. <laughs> <laughs>